Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and it is Impact on Pursuit, and therefore it is Garth on the microphone. Hello, Garth. How are you, my friend? Hello, hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> yes, really good, really good. Really enjoy the show. Yeah, decent show. Decent outing for Impact on their first show on Pursuit. Now, a couple of things before we get into our review of the show from January the 11th. Um, Don Callis promised us a edgier and sexier yeah. product. God. Now, I know that... I know what you're thinking. Stop it. We'll get into it in a minute. <laughs> Apart from that one absolute car crash of a segment, we do we think we had that edgier product? Or do you think we saw... Obviously, we're only one episode in. Do we think there are seeds for it. Definitely. I think we've had a lot of, a lot more quite sort of hardcore elements. Um, this is what I was going to say about it. Um, I watched the show last night, so a little bit behind. I hadn't really read any sort of like write-ups because I wanted to avoid the spoilers, but bar that one thing that we're going to talk about I thought this was the best episode of Impact probably since the lead up to Bound for Glory I would possibly I would probably agree with that the stuff with Impact Killer Cross and Brian Cage I thought was excellent, that whole main event scene was excellent um, everything bar that segment I thought was that we had great matches um, we had some interesting storyline progression when it yeah. came to Rich Swan, Sammy Callahan, OVE, and all that jazz. So, overall, I thought this was a really, really good show. We start off with Johnny Impact coming to the ring, the same <laughs> ring that he had been booed out of not one night previously. Um, he starts the show by wanting revenge on Killer Cross. Now, Killer Cross had powerbombed Tyre into the crowd and she was in hospital had been in hospital since homecoming <laughs> before johnny impact could get even a little bit sincere brian cage storms <laughs> and i mean he storms to the ring he said he had impact beaten at homecoming there shouldn't yeah. have been a concern there shouldn't have been an issue he should have won and as impact is trying to plead his case look my wife's in the hospital cage just destroy. I don't give a hell about your wife. Just gets really, really angry. I don't care about your wife. I want my rematch. So at this point, Killer Cross comes down. Brilliant. Killer Cross I'll... is laughing his balls off, <laughs> which is brilliant. Because to be fair, 
that's how I was. I was just laughing yeah. because Killer Cross is like, look what chaos I've created. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so Cage reiterates, he wants his rematch. And there's a brilliant bit when Killer Cross is coming down to the ring and Johnny Impact is trying to stare him out. And Cage constantly gets into his eyeline going, don't look at him, look at me. I am here. I am here. It's, a, it's just a bit where uh, like Killer Cross is talking to his... I'll put her back in the hospital as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, fucking Johnny Impact just loses his shit. Killer Cross is a treasure. On Impact, yeah. he is an absolute treasure. At this point, Johnny Impact snaps, which is the most I've been behind Johnny Impact since <laughs> he's been champion, I think. He super kicks Cage and then lands a tope over the top rope onto Killer Cross on the floor. Now, this is impressive in itself, but the man is in skinny jeans, which is even more impressive. <laughs> now, at this point, he gets back into the ring, is taken out by a clothesline from Cage. Killer Cross and Brian Cage then have a face-off and they both leave, leaving Johnny Impact lying in the ring. As far as opening segments go... This is the best opening segment I think we've had. I agree with you wholeheartedly since the opening to Bound for Glory. Mm -hmm. What an opening segment. It had Perfect. power. It had intensity. It had me invested in this whole storyline. Brian Cage looks like an absolute fucking beast. He looks amazing. He sounds amazing. And again, the crowd started chanting again, our next champ or next new we, champ. We want Cage. We want Cage. The man is over like you would not believe and then kill a cross i'd kill a cross into that mix i am absolutely fine with that absolutely loved, fine with that love it how sort of cage took out johnny impact then kill a cross comes in and takes out cage and cage just immediately pops back up yeah from the, and he's just staring him out it's brilliant it, it really was. And the, the expression of crosswise staring at the hard cam and it dawns on him that cage has got back up is brilliant. It's you, it's fantastic. This entire segment, as I've already said, was absolutely brilliant. It worried me that I thought once we had been announced that Scarlett Bordeaux was going to strip for us later, I was like, oh, okay, so this is going to go downhill, is it? But no, because we then had the match between Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, the Lucha Brothers, taking on the Rascals in Des and Wentz. This was amazing. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> this was another great tag match. Now, Garth, me and you have been on these Impact podcasts for six months, seven months, and we have said about how we fear for the Impact tag division because at one point it seemed like the number one contenders were the Desi hit squad. Mm -mm. And fingers crossed, fingers crossed, we, we seem to have a little bit more depth in that tag division now. We've got mm -hmm. LAX, we've got the Lucha Brothers, we've got the Rascals. Any combination of those three as top-level tag team talent, I am more than happy with. Yeah, this match was brilliant as well. This match was Con excellent. Considering the Rascals have had, what, one other match? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to the point where after the Lucha Brothers won, because the Lucha Brothers did win... um. They fully endorsed the Rascals. They had their arms up and everything, pointing at them. Mm -hmm. And the Rascals are the future. If, if Impact can tie the Rascals down, that's that's a tag team to build a division around. You've got those yeah. in LAX. And even if the Lucha Brothers do, you know, heaven forfend, if they do end up at All Elite Wrestling, then we have got 
are two solid tag teams. I mean, this might the mm-hmm. innovation. We we compliment Lucha Brothers all the time on their innovation, their tag team offense, and you know their wheelbarrow flip into a pin, for example, for the win. Just just as an example, but the Rascals are just as good. Yeah, the definitely. Rascals are just as good. I mean, I don't know about you. This was this was match of the night. Oh, by far. Well. Not by far. The main event was excellent. The main event was really good. Possibly my favourite Johnny Impact match since he's been in Impact Wrestling. Mm -hmm. But this this match was excellent. Really, really good. I thought Dares and Wentz and the whole buzz around the Rascals here, it's leading to something big. And I think Impact Mm -hmm. is moving in the right direction by pushing them. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, the Rascals... You can easily see them in, in a heel role because yeah. they've got that cockiness. They've got the sort of where the where the sort of new upstarts. I could see them in that that role. So I think it'll be quite believable for them to maybe have a couple of matches with, see Lex Lucha Brothers and get beat, and then just decide fuck this. We're gonna we're gonna go all out. Yeah, I'd I'd be behind but, that if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah. The I only thing that I was disappointed that. with. We didn't get to see their finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> that finishing move. What's it? Oh, what's it called? Something of fire. Something I can't fire. Crazy. I can't remember what it is. It's something ridiculous, but it is an excellent move. It would have been excellent to see Phoenix take that. Phoenix would have probably counted out of it in some unholy way. I was just going to say, caught him in like a hurricane or something. Something absolutely ridiculous, but it was a really, really good match. Really enjoyable. Really fast paced. It didn't go too long. I think it was only about ten minutes. Thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyable. Thoroughly, thoroughly yeah. enjoyable. Um, and how do you capitalise on that enjoyment, Garth? You put on the Global Wrestling Network moment of the... <laughs> Good grief. Now, there was an interesting bit put out on uh, Post Wrestling uh, while I was reading their review, and I noted this down. The live Twitch viewership, which is excellent. Um, Impact have announced that they are going to sim- um, sim- simultaneously cast on the Pursuit channel and on Twitch for those that haven't got the Pursuit channel. Now, that, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is absolutely outstanding, oh, yeah. especially really as the good. way that Twitch works. They get very, very little revenue from Twitch. So the fact that because all of the revenue comes from advertisements mm-hmm. and Twitch doesn't have advertisements. So that is excellent in itself. But the Twitch viewership exceeded 10,000 during the tag match and then mm-hmm. fell after they aired the first Ultimate X match from 2003. <laughs> now, surprises. how many times have I had to say to you, Garth, that the whole Global Wrestling Network moment of the week, why? <sighs> There's surely got to be some way of filling that... Obviously, it's to fill the time taken up with adverts, mm-hmm. but surely there has got to be something else we can fill it with for those that don't sit through the adverts. Even if it's something like a dark match, even if it's a match from Explosion, you know, because yeah. they film matches for Explosion, just put it on a dark match for the people. Yeah. Because if it's dropping viewership, then it's a bad thing. It's a negative thing, and we've been saying yeah. this since we've been doing the Impact reviews. It's a negative thing. We don't need to see it. Yeah. Or even if if they want to put it in, put it at the end where they're saying where they say. That's it for this week. We're going to leave you with this week's moment of the week sort of thing. Just tack it on at the end if you have to. Yeah, exactly. Who gives a shit? Because 
you've just had this absolutely outstanding tag match that has loads of people talking, similar to the Homecoming tag match. I mean, not as good, but, you know, you've got this match that's got everyone talking. You've got, you know, the Lucha Brothers and the Rascals, two teams that are excellent in the ring. And then you put on the first Ultimate X match from 2003. Ultimate X has been and gone. We've watched mm-hmm. Homecoming. We don't need it. You're absolutely right. If they need to do something to fill that adver- that advert time, put it at the end. Do the main event, put it at the end. Yep. And I'm doing hand signals, and I do this all the time. I'm getting really animated. No one can see because it's a podcast. Um. Anyway, <laughs> at this point, Rich Swan comes down and is interviewed by Josh Matthews. He's the new X Division champion. He took it, the, took the vacant championship during the aforementioned Ultimate X match at Homecoming. Really good match. Rich Swan, full of charisma. He says that he's honoured to be in the, you know, in the company of greats like Chris Saban, uh, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and he came across in this promo like such mm-hmm. a yeah. likable guy. You know, he was, yeah, he was really over. People seem to really like him. I think it's a good fit him as the X Division champion. At this point, Sammy Callahan comes down. Sammy Callahan gets cussed out by the crowd, and they have a lovely little <laughs> interchange between the two. He tears a strip off Josh Matthews. It's brilliant, though. Saying that I've already won Impact Wrestler of the Year. Don't make me come down there and win Impact Announcer of the Year. <laughs> I was like, oh, you are so good. You are so good. And then he tears a strip off Callus as well. Um,. Anyway, so this whole thing boils down to Callahan congratulating Rich Swan and pulling out an OVE shirt and saying, join us. And this is yeah. important, come home. Come home, yeah. Now, at this point, Willie Mack comes down. This is interesting now. I'm really, really intrigued really by this. this. Really intrigued. I mean, for goodness sake, it's Rich Swan, Sammy Callahan, and Willie Mack at an angle. Why would I not <laughs> enjoy that? Why would I not enjoy that? Um, basically, Rich Swan attempts to separate them, um, but we cut to break, we come back, and we are given a rematch from Homecoming between Sammy Callahan and Willie Mack. Now, this match was 90% near fall. Yeah. <laughs> this was ridiculous. We had pile drivers on the entrance ramp. We had all sorts of moves. We had just... Honestly, more near falls than I could count. <laughs> but I felt it was a bit slow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just seemed so. After that initial sort of run in by Willie Mack and he sort of takes out Sammy Callahan, it's like it just sort of, sort of died. The intensity died off. And I don't know if it was because they were both knackered, um, but I mean it was an alright match. It was it had a couple of good spots, but um, and like Willie Mack picked up the win, which he really needed. But overall, it was yeah, it was just an average match, wasn't it? It was serviceable, and I think the important thing here is, as you've just said, is that we needed Willie Mack to get his wind back. You know, we. The main thing for Willie Matt now is to get a lot of wins back to back because you have made him eat so many losses in the build up to homecoming that he now needs to start on the front foot. Yeah. So I'm intrigued by this. I really am. Right. Okay. So. 
It's time, Goth. Hang on, no. The... Oh, well, we missed out. Let's sort of have a couple of good bits. We okay. had a really good promo from Cross. We did. Post Homecoming, which was pretty good. We did. Um, but then we had the, the LEX thing where the Irish coffees. <laughs> That's right, we did. I, we. I don't know what it is. I was just sitting there giggling to myself. We did cut so backstage, stupid. and Conan is giving um, Ortiz and Santana Irish coffees, and just the just the chemistry the three have is just really entertaining to see. It's just, it just faces. Do you want to make that coffee a bit more Irish? <laughs> now, it's like, oh, I can really, I can really taste the Irish. <laughs> cool, you can taste the Irish in that. Can you say that? Um, so, what I want to ask now is Ortiz, especially turns to Conan and says, I told you we were right. Look at what's happened. I told you we were right. Do you feel bad now? And Conan sort of hinted, at least to me, it seemed like that this angle isn't over between those and the Lucha Brothers. Yeah. Now, I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know if that came across like that to you. I'm happy if an angle between LAX and the Lucha Brothers continues. Because if we get another match of the calibre of Homecoming... I'm more than happy about that. More than happy about that. Oh, yeah, that. definitely. Um, they fight each other every week. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, just after this, we then have... <laughs> I'm going to go to the other LAX bit first because I'm trying to pad this out before I have to talk it's, about this fucking segment. This is so funny. <laughs> so, basically, LAX are walking to the front and Sammy Callahan, who had a lovely bogey in his nose for the entirety of this, and I couldn't stop looking at it. Um, they are cut off by LAX. Sammy Callahan is fuming at the fact that he's just lost to Willie Mack, and we have a stare down where basically LAX treat Sammy Callahan and the Christs like they're something they've trodden in. Yeah, especially Conan. Conan basically laughs in Sammy Callahan's face and walks off. It's just it says, Look who it is. It's the ovaries, <laughs> it's the Ohio inbreds. <laughs> <laughs> I love Conan, he's amazing. So good. Um yeah, so this is setting up the match between LAX and OVE, which we've got next week. Really looking forward to that. You know, they did some great stuff in 2017 and the the start of 2018, so I'm looking forward to that again. I don't think it's gonna lead into an angle between the two, unfortunately, but I am more than happy seeing another match between the two. Yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. So, we then had Scarlet Bordeaux, the bane of my very existence, coming out and teasing this strip show. Why, you ask? God only fucking knows. Um, Don Callis wanted it. <laughs> Don Callis basically wanted it because he's a seedy old man and this is what happens. The only good thing that comes out of this to start off with, so she comes out negligee anyway with this teeny tiny dressing gown and she says that she's going to announce the winner of the contest of like her managerial service, the talent search. She's going to announce that next week. Okay, I'd forgotten that was a thing, but yeah, sure, why not? So she says, who's ready for me to take my clothes off basically to which every old man in the crowd goes yeah you know it's a really (laughs) creepy segment especially this next bit what is the only thing that you could add to this already horrific segment Mm -hmm. you and the desi shit squad 
And that is what happens. Now, they come down, and Garma Singh is clearly very, very upset. Very, very upset, except you can't tell what the fuck he's saying because his microphone's turned off. Um, He then eventually gets into the ring and tells her not... Not to strip in front of these people. These people don't deserve to see your body. You only need to do that in private for him. Now, at this point, I cringed. I was like, how the fuck is this what we're doing? How How is this a thing? Stop it, please. Oh, my God, just make it stop. And how do they make <laughs> it stop, Garth? They bring out Big Papa Pop. They bring out the only other seedy man in the back. Scott fucking Stein. Now, at this point, I threw my pen up in the air. I was like, what the fuck is going on now? <laughs> oh, my God. Now... I just laughed. I couldn't believe it. So, Scott Steiner limps to the ring. He limps yeah. to the ring, cuts the most baffling promo I've ever heard about how he they're on the Pursuit Channel now and he enjoys hunting, like on the Pursuit Channel, but he's pulled his groin because he's hunting two-legged beast in... Detroit? And at this point, you can see everyone in the ring going, what? Okay. And then he he then... (laughs) Right. At this point then, he attempts to clean house. Now, someone who was amazing at this was Kane back in the day. And Kane would clean house with some amazing chops and lariats and big boots and all sorts. I can't even begin to describe what Scott Steiner does. (laughs) Oh, my Christ. Gives them all a little shove. He gives them a little love tap with his bicep. <laughs> These lariats were the weakest thing I've ever seen. I can't throw a lariat. I'm built like, well, I'm built like shit. But this was this was atrocious. It was the most awkward segment I've ever seen. And it wasn't finished there. No, no, no. Because Garma Singh then pretends to have a heart attack for for some reason. Um, and then both members of the Desi Hits... completely ignored by everybody. Completely ignored by everyone. Not mentioned again for the rest of the show. Both members of the Desi Hit Squad are then put in a Steiner recliner, whilst Scarlet then takes off her robe and says, I just want to take my clothes off. And then at this point, Scott Steiner sits down on a steel chair, which had appeared. The the Desi Hit Squad disappear. They evaporate. They just disappear from shot. And Scott Steiner then gets a very tame lap dance from a scantily clad Scarlet Bordeaux, and then walks off, to which Scott Steiner just yells, holler if you hear me, and walks off. Yeah. And at this point, I needed to go outside for a cigarette and I don't even smoke. (laughs) Honestly, Garth, I need someone to explain it. I mean, there's there's one positive thing to come from this, and it is one alone. And it was at least... Scarlet Bordeaux seemed a bit more confident on the microphone. Yes, I suppose, but then again, it's... Fucking hell, I've, I've even got written on my notes, right? I've just got... <laughs> I've got a big pop of pump, and then I've just drawn a shocked emoji next to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've just got, what the fuck is this? 1998? Question mark. It was right. like watching the, the worst of the attitude here, it really was. This was, if this is what Don Callis was talking about with a sexier impact, I don't want it. I oh, really, honestly, really don't want it. When they cut to them two, Josh Matthews and Don Callis, 
Josh Matthews looked embarrassed. He really did. I just, I don't. Because it was just. They need to kill it now. Just kill it. Just. It, I'd love to know what their viewers are like. But then again, you know what? It's probably it probably goes up with that. Some of the fucking idiots who love all that shit still. Like. But, oh, it made me feel awkward watching it. I had yeah. to keep looking over my shoulder in case my girlfriend came in. It's well, not exactly porn! Though, to be fair, I but might have told he... her it was porn. It might have been less embarrassing. The worst thing is, you go from that to the next match, which is the absolute and utter opposite of everything that that was. If they could have shown a graph of where women's wrestling was or how women were used in the 90s to where re- women's wrestling is now... Mm-hmm. this would be the benchmark. Yeah. Because, you know, as much as I said that Scarlet Bordeaux was improved in the ring, this it made me physically sick, this segment. It was just like, what the fuck are we doing? Tessa Blanchard came out next. And all my fears and worries and panic, because I was terrified my girlfriend was going to come in and watch me watching Scarlet Bordeaux in her pants, you know, this made everything right, because Tessa Blanchard yeah. is still... I don't care. She doesn't have the belt. She's a champion. She really she, is. She just looked amazing again. She did. She looked incredible. Um, she, she, the way she moves, the way she handles herself, brilliant. She's fucking so. What's the word like? Brutish, especially in this match. Holy fuck! Yeah, she kicks. Seven bells of shit out this last. So basically, Tessa Blanchard destroys a jobber, Callie Collins, in a ridiculously short match. Now, ordinarily, a jobber will have a little bit of offense. Just a, just a little bit, maybe start hot or something like that. Fucking nothing for this woman. Absolutely <laughs> jack shit. Blanchard destroyed her. And like, she hits her with that, um, the drop kick where she has him creeped over the ropes, and she. She followed through fucking hell. She hit her. <laughs> she, she set out to hurt this person. Anyway, she wraps up to yeah. hit, ready to hit the buzzsaw DDT, stops, smiles, hits eat defeat as a message for Gail Kim, pins her one, two, three. This woman can do no wrong. This yeah. woman is incredible. The, the match was brilliant. It was a jobber match and I enjoyed it so much because just her storytelling is amazing. One thing I didn't enjoy, Garth, after the match, um, after this message had been sent and after Tessa Blanchard's clear frustration at losing the Knockouts Championship at homecoming became quite clear, they then zoomed in on her as she was stood on the top turnbuckle. They zoomed into her face, to which she was doing this. <laughs> and she was pulling the worst face. It was yeah, just the worst. I mean, it was not it was like, a flattering face. Yeah. Black. Was that a gurn? It was. She was gurning. It was. It was like she needed to do a shit. That is. That is all I thought. I thought, oh, Tessa's constipated. That. That was all I thought. It was. It was a terrible face. Anyway, this match, good. Do I want to see Gail Kim in another match? No, not really. Am I confident of anyone carrying her to another good match? Yes, Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. So, let's make the best of a worst of a bad situation. And let's see where it goes. I think if they do it, Gail Kim's at least someone who's willing to to do something a bit crazy, which could be good. She was always a very, very, very good worker in Impact. Mm-hmm. Always a very, very good worker. So 
I'm confident that will be good. <sighs> to be honest, I'm actually more confident that this is this is going to be better than the homecoming match we just saw between Tessa Blanchard and Tay Valkyrie. Well, I, th- I think we'll be definitely because that was that was just yeah. shit. Um, we then cut backstage. Eddie Edwards has Kenny. He's happy. He's elated the fact that he is now done with Moose. All this stuff with Moose is done. He's interrupted by Eli Drake, <laughs> who cuts another outstanding promo. He says, you've gone through a lot of changes. Hell, I've gone through a lot of changes. But I've beaten Abyss and I've beaten Tommy Dreamer, who have now dropped that flag for hardcore wrestling. I want you to have a really long think about whether you want to be that man to pick it up and walks <laughs> off. Brilliant. Oh, oh my God. It was incredible. <laughs> and that means we're getting Eli Drake versus Eddie Edwards. I'm Probably in a hardcore match. <laughs> Probably in a hardcore match. I'm well up for that. Well up yeah. for that. It was brilliant because Eli says, is this, uh, is this Kenny? <laughs> like proper being introduced to the kendo stick. I just, I loved it. It was really yeah. good. It was really good fun. It was only a couple of minutes segment, but it's setting up something really, really interesting. Just shows as well, like with somebody who's good on a promo, you can set something up in one segment and it's done. The seed's there, it's done. There's Absolutely. no convoluted storyline. It's just one little conversation and they're ready to go. I'm happy that Eli Drake isn't moving on to a legend of the hardcore division because he's had a bit. Yeah. He's had Tommy Dreamer, and yes, I fully appreciate the work that they've done. Absolutely. Some of the business matches are absolutely amazing, and I love Tommy Dreamer's work in ECW. They're not great wrestlers now, understandably, no. because they're they're you know, they're fifty, fifty-five. They're old men now. You know, their injuries are taking tolls. They're not in the best shape they've ever been. I know Tommy Dreamer still works for House of Hardcore, but even so, they're not in the best shape. And Eli Drake needs someone to have a good match with. And, yeah. you know, who do you go to otherwise? Raven? Do you get Mick <laughs> Foley back? Sabu. Sabu? I mean, I'm worried that if you punch Sabu, his muscles will fall out. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's nice that they thought, well, Eddie Edwards is hardcore. It makes sense to go with Eddie Edwards next. I'm happy with this. This match is going to be great. Yeah. Right. I, I still don't know how I feel about this whole Ali thing. Ali and Sue Young are holding hands, obviously, um, by a coffin. Um, Ali said that Rosemary wants to come back for her bunny, but the bunny is gone, and she gave it to him. Here, my assume is um, Jim Mitchell. Jim, Jim Mitchell. Mitchell. I couldn't remember his second name. I was going to say Sullivan. Uh, Jim Mitchell. <laughs> Who the fuck's Jim Sullivan? Uh, 